favorite work, you know that. Welcome to the Friday Hour Show. I know it's Wednesday, but I'm not coming on on fucking Friday. I know that one. It's not. I don't give a shit. I don't care who's fucking paying me. I don't get paid for this anyway. But if even if you was, I'm not fucking doing it. Uh, welcome, guys. As always, I am joined by the big man, Corey. How are we doing, brother? I'm good. I'm good. Just Merry Christmas. I called you Babyface on Twitter just because of what happened last week. Oh yeah, yeah, Babyface. Because, so like I say, he's rubbing fucking. Fresh breast milk in his face, obviously. We all know that. <laughs> I've got unlimited supply. <laughs> and we're also joined by that twat, Max. You're the half of the OG Ars Brothers. And we're also been joined by Darren. How are we doing, mate? Yeah, I'm all right. I'd ask Max if he was all right, <laughs> but I can't be asking this fucking shit. Yeah, <laughs> Yeah, thanks. Yeah, nice to come on. Oh, you're all right. You're welcome, mate. You're welcome. Uh... I don't know where to start with this one, to be fair, because we were just talking beforehand and it was a bit of a laugh on it, and now I'm a bit like, ooh, what do we do? <laughs> got, to, got to talk about the football at some Yeah, point. and now we've got to go yeah. back, now we've got to go into the Man City game, which I, can't, I just can't be bothered. <laughs> I'm being honest, I really can't be bothered. I was expecting us to lose anyway, but uh, who wants to go first? Go on, show of hands. Who wants to talk? No, no one. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I mean, I Mike, need to be divorced. Go on, Max. Go on, Max. I'll tell you who does want to talk and who needs to shut the fuck up, and that's Arsenal fans on Twitter. Just need to, just collectively as a fan base, just shut the fuck up. Just for five minutes. Shut the fuck up. Walk away from the computer. That's who, that's that's what I have to say. It's well, been I, said a to Max, I said to you, Max, a couple of weeks back on our show that uh, there's a little tiny piece of me that's enjoying this. <laughs> Because, I mean, obviously, I'm depressed when we watch the games. I'm depressed after the games. I'm depressed coming up watching the, to watch the games. But at least this might just shed us of some of the shit fans that we've got. Because there's a little tiny bit of me that's just enjoying the fact that we're so bad. There's so many of our fans that are just jumped on the back of this bandwagon and just don't know what it's like to be a supporter. So those might just fuck off. And might just might, we might just get a decent fan base at the end of this. Go on, fuck off the lot of you. Is that a good way to start the show? Fuck <laughs> off all you people listening. <laughs> all right, see ya. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I agree there was some idiots on Twitter uh, giving Runnerson some absolute stick. Apparently he's deleted his Twitter account, but I thought he deleted his Twitter account when he started... Uh, because a few years ago or something, or a few months ago or whatever, he's slagging off Wenger, wasn't he? And then I think uh, he got a lot of backlash and he deleted his Twitter. So it all come up today that he's deleted his Twitter account last night or this morning because he was getting loads of stick after last night's game. So pff, who knows? Who fucking knows? I think it's uncalled for at the end of the day. I think Man City, the way they were playing, I think any of their forwards would make any keeper look like Flappy Hansky, if I'm being honest. Oh, look, he wasn't good. Mike, no, no, he was shite. He was, he was, he was, he was, he was shit house, and apparently, statistically, he was the worst keeper in in league uh, last year. So, you know, you have to have some look at our our recruitment. 
Um, not that we've always had a great history of, of second keepers. You know, we're slightly better than the five foot four Colombian that we had there for a while in Ospina. Um, but no, you're right, Mike. And, and can I just say as well, like, people have to understand that the articles that are getting written right now are getting written to do exactly this to Arsenal fans. Like the amount of people who are like grabbing a headline and putting it up and then blowing up about it. And I'm like, do you really think that this isn't intentional? It's like, let's go get the fan base that is most fucked up, that is most triggerable at the moment, and let's just go and produce content for them. And everyone clicks it and goes for it. I saw that as well. Someone sent me a message saying Runison's Twitter account was deleted when he signed for Arsenal. It wasn't deleted yesterday because of backlash. It's just a story that's been pushed out. Now everyone can get on their, like, social fucking here. All the people who are like, he's shit, he's shit, he's shit, are the same people now who are like, bullying is bad. Unless it's straight after a game and you fucked off at a keeper. <laughs> Maybe you didn't delete it. Maybe you just dropped it. <laughs> Fumble. Go on, Corey. Have you got out to say? Um, it's whatever, man. It's like, you know, Twitter and abuse go hand in hand. Um, it's, um, you know, it, it happens. I've, I, I go into it all the time. And there's a smart people on there that just talk the most shit and feel... Very brave, you know, um, tapping away on their on their phone, um, keyboard warriors, and people feel free to spout whatever nonsense and abuse and whatever. So it's like if you're on Twitter, you, sh- you should expect it, um, you know. And if you, you just got to man up. This is this is the world that we live in. Arsenal do have, you know, <laughs> a bit of a shit fan base. We, we've not we're not re- we're not a club renowned for our great fans. Um, is what it is, but you know, biggest club in London, so that's what's going to happen. You know, London is full of cunts, and a lot of them support Arsenal. Hey, I'll tell you what, from listening to like the, the from being on like the Arsenal Australia and Arsenal Melbourne stuff, it's not centralized to London. It's fucking everywhere. But that's what drew. But that's what drew you guys to support the club. You know, is is the, the the cuntishness of the fan base. Um, so you know, when you. When when a cunt sees a cunt, the cunt wants to join in with the other cunts, and sure. you know, and and it's, just do it's, cunt shit. It's cuntnetic. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the law of attraction. You know, you think like a cunt, cuntishness will be will come to you. So like it. we got to get. Remember when we had that cunt counter up? If you we were going to put the cunt counter up, <laughs> I'm Mike, trying to break you, it. I'm trying. I'm trying to break the record. Yeah. I'm, no, I'm no, He'll never break the Tottenham one. I think we counted them, and I think there was like 114 cunts after after a recent Tottenham game. I'll one of the going. first ones we ever I'll, did. I'll, just I'll, just, I'll just go, 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 go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know, mate. This, I was just thinking the same, Max, when you said that. I was thinking, oh, God, this is going to be a challenge for the Contameter, isn't it, this one? <laughs> <laughs> but with the rest of the match, I mean, look, that was one you, goal. Even the chat's on it, look. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well said. No bigger cunt than a cunt in London. Than a London, London cunt. cunt, yeah. <laughs> Chat's getting in on it. Oops. But look, that was yeah. It was a. It was a. It was a. It was a. There is. There is a cunt demic. Yeah. <laughs> but um, look, it was one goal. Yeah, we we could, we conceded four. Right, we were never going to win. It's not like oh shit, you know, we were doing well up to that point, and then you know we conceded that howler, and then it changed the course of the game. Right. Um. They can. They scored in the what first three minutes or some shit like that. Do you know what I mean we weren't ever going to win? I'm, no big deal. Whatever. We're always going to lose that mm. match. Um, my biggest thing was Martinelli's injury. That's what pissed me off the most because I was oh, just hoping for to get a run up. I've, I've read stuff about that today, and it seems to be another overblown kind of 
okay. thing. So it was an impact injury, not mm -hmm. a soft tissue injury. Okay. With impact injuries, what happens is you get the impact, it hurt. Uh, you, you get up, it hurts, you get up, you keep moving until half time, you run it off, you think you're okay, then you go off for half time and because the blood leaves it and you start mm -hmm. to lose temperature, it starts to stiffen. He said, I want to go and try and run it off. He walked out, tried to run it off, couldn't run it off, came out. And that's what I mean about these articles and these like these things that are coming out to wind us up. And the immediacy of the reaction of the Arsenal fan base, immediately, it's not just Martinelli, it's Martinelli, it's David Luiz's head injury, it's Thomas Party not being brought back. And it's like this, this compounding nature that all Arsenal fans have now, whereas some, as soon as something it has an ability to have a narrative, the Arsenal fan base bites down on it like a fucking pit bull, you know, and they won't release it until everyone's had their say and everyone's piled on and piled in. It's like, um, Mike, the, the, the selections of Mustafi and Kalasinak and Lacazette, you know, and everyone kind of losing their minds about this stuff. Do you, does anyone else, or Mike, do you not think that this is just simply if I'm going to get these guys out in January, I need to make sure that they've got some game time and I need to make sure that they're in the shop window because parking these guys on the bench is going to do nothing to give us an opportunity of getting them out in January. Well, yeah, I, I'd agree with that. Um, it was going to be one of my uh, questions to you guys as well, to be fair, that one. Um, would you play them just to try and get them out, to try and get them, someone to think, oh, actually, yeah, they're not too bad. But I don't think uh, Mustafi made a great CV for himself last night, if I'm being honest. Yeah. He was fucking awful. But we've been saying that on here awful. for a long time. <laughs> I think Kebab Meathead might have been slightly worse. He was fucking dumb. Oh, his, his passing was dreadful. Uh, but, um, yeah, I, it's just one of them things, isn't it? It's, yeah, you want to try and get him out. I think we've got Kalasniak. I think there was – it was talk originally he was here till the end of this season, but it's not. It's the end of next season. He goes in 2022. I, I think, is it Mustafi who leaves at the end of this season? Or is it, yeah. is it at the end of next season as well? I think it's the end, end of this contract. season. Yeah, end right. of this season. Yeah. So, yeah, if you're going to get some money from you at the times now um, to try and play him, but I think, in all fairness, when it comes to the January transfer window anyway, they can just sign another tra another contract with somebody else and just stay with us until the end. So it's not as if we're going to get money from him anyway. So, yeah, yeah. go on, Corey. No, I was gonna say, like, you know, if you if you want if you want to put play players to put them in a shop window, I, I don't think against Man City is the best opportunity to do that. You know, um, teams even if teams even if they um, beat Man City, they really look good against them. So, um, but yeah, I guess you know they you needed to rotate. You know, deep down, we're not in a position to really like say we should go on a cup run at the moment, considering. What's happening in the league? You know, it's a nice, it could have been a nice little distraction, but Man City ain't lost it. Man City just consistently win this competition. They love it. So but the chances of us knocking them out of it were slim to none anyway. So, yeah. Um, yeah so all that was really was an opportunity to, you know, give some guys again game time that haven't got any. Um, and that's what we did. So that's the only thing I'm sort of taking away from that match. I'm glad Martinelli is all right. So that was good that he actually got some minutes. He looked sharp. Um, yeah, he looked good. You know, what I mean, he just looked like what we what we remember of him. So I don't think the layoff is gonna looks like it's gonna affect him too much. Um, the other players I weren't impressed with. You know, um, nobody else really like stood out 
for me in in in, in that thing in that match. It was just so I don't know. I don't think we could take any positives from it. Really, what do you think? Uh, barring AMN, I think that were it. To be honest, him and Martinelli. Uh, Darren, do you want to have any last words on this one, mate? Because I think well, we'll move on because this is boring. The shit. I'm out. very no. Well, <laughs> I'm known for I'm known for my positivity. I reckon about <laughs> I am. I reckon about ten minutes in was the first time this season that I felt despair. You know, really, really felt despair. It didn't last long because then we actually started to play quite well. But for the well, we didn't get hammered in the first, after the, after the first fifteen minutes. But actually, no, I can take some positives. First of all, look, the goalkeeper had a bad game. I really want to talk to somebody who knows anything about goalkeeping because I actually thought that was a really good free kick they took. They put people in his way 10 yards out and then all ran out of the way. So he's got 10 yards to, to stop a ball that smashed at him. And uh, I just thought, you know, I mean, it, it looks terrible because of where it's, you know, it's gone through. But I actually reckon that was a really good, well-worked free kick. Unlike our coach who's we've, we've employed to do our set pieces, he should go. <laughs> Came came to work on throw-ins for fuck's sake. But uh, (laughs) the goalkeeper had a poor game, but I actually thought that goal was a really good free kick. I thought it was smashed at him, and they did it really well. They covered him, so he only saw it from ten yards out. So it was like a penalty. You know, it was a penalty that was smashed into his face. Um, I also think we 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 just slag off Lacazette for the sake of it. I think for the last three or four games, he's worked his nuts off, and he's. He's, he's, he's earned his place in the side. I think he's playing, you know, for Lacazette. I'd be, I'd well. be picking him at centre-forward over Aubameyang, Darren, on form, purely on form at the moment. I'd be picking him. He'll work harder, and he's popped up with a couple of goals. So My disappointment with him last night, there was a moment where Martinelli, the ball was laid back to their goalkeeper, and Martinelli, Martinelli chased his nuts off to get it, and, and something broke. And he ran past Lacazette, who was shrugging to say, what sort of ball was that? And Martinelli made something of it and Lacazette got interested. And that's the problem with a lot of these players is they there's no belief and they just have, have given up. You know, when that goal went in, heads just dropped and that's when the despair set in for me. But I also thought there were some positives. I thought Emil Smith-Rowe, when he came on, looked a proper decent player. You know, really d- didn't look... He, he looks... He reminds me a little of Ozil. He's got that language style. He doesn't tear about the pitch. He just finds space doesn't ask for the ball when he doesn't want it and then just slips into a little bit of space where he knows he's got time to do something. So I thought that was a real positive from last night. Ozil's never done that. Well, Ozil in his first... Ozil in his Real Madrid days. (laughs) Okay? All right. Before Ozil, yeah. Yeah. Ozil, when he was surrounded by 10 absolutely world-class players that hid all of his flaws and allowed him to do what he wanted to do. I was having this conversation with, it's amazing how non, when you talk to non Arsenal fans, they all think Ozil is a dream and they all go back to his Real days and they all go back to his, to his Germany days. And I keep saying to them, I'm like, you do realize that you don't have to be really, really good at everything when you're surrounded by the best players in the world, when you're in the best teams. I would even argue that if you put some of our invincible players in here, Darren and I had this conversation on one of the podcasts we did. You go put a Robert Perez into this team, into this particular team right now. I'm not so sure that Robert Perez looks amazing or or, or is the player that he is because he was this this lovely like accent point on top of all of this this like cohort, this band around him that he just did the beautiful stuff on the end. And on Emile Smith-Rowe, just quickly, I've got to say that watching City move the ball and comparing that to the way we move the ball 
I thought that there was only two players on the pitch who looked like they were anywhere near that same level of technicality. And I just mean physically on the ball, the way they manipulate the ball, maybe three. Um, Ainsley Maitland-Niles, who didn't have a great game, um, but that was predominantly put because Kalasnak kept smashing the ball into him, like with just fizzing the ball at him and just saying, you just control that champion and go for it. So it was bouncing off him. But Ainsley Maitland-Niles, Emil Smith-Rowe, who I... If there is an argument for anyone at the moment, and everyone knows I've been quite vocal about this, you know, play the kids, play the kids. I think if you play all of the kids, we will just go out and lose. With that, if we played all the kids all the time, we'd get relegated. But the guy, who, well, the guy who has stuck his head above the parapet more than anyone else is Emil Smith Rowe. So, provided that we are managing his body, which we know he has some soft tissue issues, we know he's grown into a larger frame. He's had hip issues and calf issues and shoulder issues and things like that. I think that's definitely the one where, obviously, Arteta, I think, has to start looking at that. But I'll tell you the last one, and it's someone who I've been really critical of, was Nicola Pepe. Now, I'm not saying that Nicola Pepe is hardworking. I'm not saying that what Nicola Pepe does, everything comes off. But I'm just saying when you look at the way that the Man City team manipulate the ball, use the ball, how effective and how technical they are with the ball at their feet, Nicola Pepe stands head and shoulders above most of the rest of the Arsenal players. Like I said, Smithrow and AMN in there as well. And I think that kind of gives you an idea or starts to give you a concept of the fact that we don't have enough modern players within this team anymore. We don't have enough technically gifted players to be able to do anything. And and, and that's the hamstrung nature of, of Arsenal and the hamstrung nature of Mikel Arteta at the moment. Is that why you, you, you're having a successful podcast career, Max? Because you surround yourself with world-class guests. True. Yeah, it's got nothing to do with me. I'm just a piece of shit. <laughs> you're just a cunt. <laughs> but he's, he's right, though, about um, being a piece of shit and the fact that we don't have a lot of um, sort of technical players. That You know, if we think back in you know the past under Wenger... Um, you know, with the days of Kleb and Riziki and Fabregas and, you know, and then we think about the Burkamps, Perez and whatnot. Whereas, like you said, Pepe is the one that, you know, has something about him that he, he can dribble. He can, you know, he's hard to dispossess of the ball. Um, and everybody else, I think William's neat and tidy, you know, with the, with, with the ball and whatnot. But he's not, you know, like if you think about a Santi Carzola, if we was able to go out and get us, you know, clone Santi Carzola and put him in this team now yeah a player like that makes a world of difference a world mm. of difference um but we we ain't got it Ceballos ain't that guy um oh then he's not Xhaka's not even Partey he bring a Partey brings a lot but he doesn't he does not he doesn't bring that so um it's it's a bit it's really different to actually you know um Arsenal teams from the past you brought, so, up, you brought up Sabios there. And you know, the more I watch him, the more I like him. I know he's been inconsistent. I know he, he's, you know, he's been in and out. But again, last night he works his nuts off. He tackles back. He sticks a boot in. I actually started to really like him. All I want, look, we're in 15th position in the league. We're not very good this year. Things are looking pretty dismal. So all you want at this time as a supporter is for him to give 100%, is to really work their nuts off for the team. That's that's it. And, and let's get work ourselves back into a bit of form. I thought Tobias worked his nuts off again yesterday. I think he's looking, you know, he's, he's going to be a very, very strong player. Except he was shit and he's been shit for weeks, despite <laughs> looking like he's quite good. But Darren, I'll put this caveat on it again for you. 
I think Ceballos doesn't look good because of the types of players he's playing with and the way that he wants to play. It, there aren't the connective pieces that allow him to play the way that he wants to play. It's like that stat that came up. Someone, uh, everyone was tweeting up saying, Ceballos only had three assists and one goal in 60 Arsenal appearances. And I tweeted back and I'm like, yeah, no shit. He's a connective midfielder. He's a pre-assister. He's not a number 10. He's not a winger. He's not going to score goals. So I, I agree with you, Darren. I watch him and I think I like all the pieces of the things that you're trying to do, but he's not effective. And he's especially not effective in a two with fucking L side Wazy. My love. <laughs> yeah, he's a, and a lieutenant done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. He's just, he, he, you know, yeah, he might, some days he might look like he's trying, but this is, this is world level. You know what I mean? This is the Premier League. This is top level football. That's not good enough. You know what I mean? Sorry, you have to be where we are at the moment. That's not where we are. We're, I'm not talking no, about no, 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 I, I know and, you, no, no, and I know you mean. I'm just, and he's, I'm just saying, he's, I'm not giving him, if you're paying me what he's getting paid, um, and I'm playing in a premiership for the biggest club in London, right? I'm not going. I'm not giving you no props just because you look like you're. I can go in there and look like I'm working my, my socks off and try. I know, but we're not talking about you. We're talking about an Arsenal eleven where eighty percent <laughs> of them don't seem to be doing that. At least he is. That's my point. My point yeah, is, but, he, he yeah. is giving a go. You know, there's a few in there. You, you're a big fan of Ainsley that make the Niles, uh, Max. And I watch him now, and I, I actually think we should give him a, the whole rest of the season at right back, give him a chance. But he switches off. He's mentally deficient. He, there's a moment where you just see a light bulb goes off and he realises, oh, fuck, I'm 10 yards away. He's, he can tackle away, he can do all the things well, he's a, but he switches off in a game. He doesn't work his nuts off. You know what I mean? I just looked at that team last night and there's two or three of them that are really fighting for it. Martinelli was doing it and Tobias was one of them. And I think we have to get our blinkers off of what we, we, we make up our minds, we make a judgment on a player so quickly these days. Let them play. Watch them. They've, they've, they've all been out of form for a long time now. And you, we're hoping that three or four of them will get back into some sort of form. I thought last night, watching the game, Sabayos was better than he has been and he was better than a lot of the rest, my opinion. But that's what I saw him working his nuts off and I love that. Hmm. I thought he was shit, but there you go. Hang on, hang on, Max. Hang on. I think that what he does is he makes himself what we see on the pitch. It's like I, I was quite a good I, – I liked – I rated Ceballos uh, towards the end of last season, beginning of this season. I thought he's been really all right. I don't think he's been bad, but then he seemed to have dropped off as the season's gone on and progressed. And the thing is with Ceballos is and what I've noticed him doing, he runs around a lot. He moves a lot. You know, he moves with the ball. Uh, you know, he does move with the ball quite a bit. The problem is, the problem I find is, that's all he does. He just moves, and it makes him look like he's doing something. Makes him look like a busy, like a busybody. So he's always constantly on the move. He's always constantly okay. doing something. <laughs> okay, you know. Right. Maybe, and, uh, when so, work, maybe when I'm saying he's working his nuts off, maybe I just um, used the wrong words. What he is, he always shows to be available. We're we're in a pass and move system under Arteta, and you can see when anyone's got the ball, there's a static front line, there's a static midfield. He at least runs to get into space because he wants the football all the time. He wants the football. And that's the problem with us at the moment. They're so lacking in confidence. Is that nobody wants the ball. They all hide. I've watched players over the years, you know, when you don't want the ball, it's easy to hide. You just go and stand there, you can put your hand up, you can wave, but you just make it too difficult to get the ball. 
at least Ceballos always wants the ball. He wants to play for football like Cazorla. You could always give it to him because he could turn out of trouble. And and I just think that in this poor side that we've got with a poor midfield, Ceballos is actually an asset at the moment. And he'd be probably, you know, is, who else would you have in there? You know, let's get behind him. Stop but that goes, that goes, back to my, goes back to my point, Darren, where Ceballos may be wanting to be, to play in a pass and move system, but Arsenal aren't playing in a pass and move system, which is why I think he looks ragged because he's trying to play in a way that he doesn't have the connective pieces around him that want to play that. For me... So blame all the other fuckers and not him. <laughs> no, well, but this is... This we, is are, we are. We, it's just you t- You said you you picked him out as a standout. That's the reason, the only reason why we're talking about him specifically. We, we can talk about the whole squad. If you want to, you know, hang bring on, up another name. Standout <laughs> wasn't the words I used. I you said did. He, you, you gave him a special mention. You gave him a special shout out. You was like, Ceballos... I love you, yeah. You are the bee's knees, yeah. That's, the, that's why we're talking about Sabaya. You said so, we should build the team around him, Darren. Yeah. I heard that's you. That's the only reason why we're talking about him. But don't I, forget, I don't, I don't, should... I don't I'm not, but I'm not singling him out for being shit. It's like everybody's shit. You, you did. I mean? just, no, I'm not, no, you singled him out. And so we talked about him. But I'm just like, look, if you would say somebody else, say another name. I'd be like, they're shit too. <laughs> Pick a name out of a hat. I don't care. Okay. I love it. Carry on. A word about supporters. Do you understand the word support? Support, supporters, you know, times are hard at the moment. Times are really, really hard. You know, following a football club, you go through thick and thin. This is thin, thin, thin. You know, this is a terrible time to watch Arsenal. It's a terrible time in our history. It's really, really bad. So what do we do? We just go, is shit, is a cunt, is shit, is a cunt, is shit. Let's look at some positives from last night. We've got a great group of young players coming through. Really good. You know, better than anybody else in the in, in the league. We've really got a good young base of players coming oh, through. Yeah, yeah. By all means, Darren, we are. We've, we've often, and Max has done it, me and Corey have done it on our show, and Max has done it on his show. We've we've all we've all said about these you know, certain these certain players, like some of these youngsters coming through, like uh Smith Rowe, Willock, we've all and Saka. You know, we hate we heap praise on people when they deserve praise. Yeah, right now we're we're talking about a match where we just lost four one. Yeah, so this, so in you know when we talk about Chelsea and we talk about what we should do going forward, then we can probably be a bit more positive. But in, when we're talking about a match that we just got we got totally outclassed and dominated and conceded four goals, we're not going. That's not the time to be talking about like you know all the great prospects and stuff that we have at the club. So, no, but, it's, but, that, but that is the time. That is the time. Or what do no, we do? Or what we just the, lost. We just got. We just got smashed four one. Oh look! I've, I've, look, I'll, I'll take some umbrage with that. I'll take some umbrage with that, Corey. I think that when when you're in a system that's clearly failing, when you're in a club that clearly has issues throughout the entire middle and throughout the entire top end, that by nature we have to at some point start to try and look at the positives. And I think that's why people are focusing so much on Balogun and focusing so much on ESR because they're trying to find the small things that they can hang on to. Now, I don't think that losing to Man City 4-1 when Pep put out a really strong team and his fucking subs were Aguero and Kyle Walker, you know, like the the void between the two teams is massive. So the scoreline doesn't matter. I think we all went into that assuming we were going to lose. One of their goals was from a Runison fuck-up. One of their goals was offside. Um, and I guarantee you, Runison probably doesn't look that bad if Kalasnik makes any form of like challenge of a header or attempts to jump or even attempts to run in any matter. So look, I think like I put up a tweet saying not as bad as what the scoreline suggested, 
I, I didn't think that it was the world's worst performance. I actually thought for periods in that game, we looked a little bit more, almost because we were, when when the, you see when the pressure is off, right, because it's City and we weren't meant to win and you get a couple of the young guys on the pitch, you see them pull the handbrake off and actually start to move the ball reasonably quickly. Um, so, look, it, I've got a foot in each camp, right? I don't want to be excessively fucking happy and sit here and say, oh, wonderful, everything's rosy, our and everything's lovely. But on the other hand, mate, if we all sit here and just concentrate on the negatives every single game, I'll string myself up from the fucking rafters and hang myself. So little of column A, little of column B. Do I think Savios was amazing? No. Do I think he ran around a bit? Yes. <laughs> <Maybe>. <laughs> But like I said, where I started off and I said that I said my positives was Martinelli. I thought Martinelli looked sharp, he looked fit, he looks he looks good to go. Do you know what I mean? That that's the positives I took from that match. I'm all I'm don't get me wrong, guys. I am not like a, a negative Nancy. You know what I mean? It's just that for that particular match, I watched it and I didn't get any joy or enjoyment out from it. Now, when we and please, Mike, can we move on <laughs> to the um well, Chelsea match, and then you know it's going to be. You'll yeah. see. I'm going to. We can start talking about, um, you know, more of the positives and what we can look forward to, and things that we can do better. So much to look forward to against Chelsea. Yeah, yeah, so no. much to look forward. To. <laughs> we have got so much more to look forward to. But yeah, to sum up on Man City, yeah, we're, we're going to end it there because it's always it. I never thought we was going to win when I saw the lineups come out. Their second eleven just absolute hammers our first eleven. If I'm being honest, really, let's face it. It's the way it is, but like, it's City. They've got the money to do it. They've got the backing to do it. We haven't. It's it's just the way it is. And like Max says, they had Aguero on the bench. So I think if you was expecting to win that match and you was expecting to the team to go absolutely hell for leather on it, I think you was going to end up with disappointment. Let's face it. You you you're stringing yourself up like Max says there. You, you're going for disappointment. Like, it's like going out to the nightclub and finding the best looking fucking girl and spending all night trying to shag her, right? <laughs> it's probably not going to fucking happen you've for spe- you. You've spent a thousand pound or a thousand dollars on her. You've put all the money in and right? she fucks off with somebody else. Mate, she's, going home with, she's going home with Corey. With me. Like, I've had a different experience maybe to you. So, um, <laughs> yeah. Corey's <we're, laughs> <Corey, laughs> the opposite guy. Corey's the man city of the ass bros when it comes to pulling birds. I'm Burnley. No, no. I just, I just, I just put up a strong defence and take what I can. She's going home with me. And in, the cab, and in the cab on the way home, she said, those miserable fuckers, you want to stop hanging out with them? <laughs> They're digging you down. Right. Anyway, yeah, let's get on to the Chelsea game, which is played on Boxing Day at half past five UK time. Uh, I'm only saying UK time because we've got resident fuckface in here. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. Are we looking forward to this one? What are we expecting? Max, I'll come to you first, mate. Oh, look, I'd be expecting us to lose. Um, just purely purely based oh, just on... going the out on a high there, mate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Darren, just, Darren, have a word. Have a word. But at, this, but at this point, I'm no longer... Like, at this point with these games... Uh, uh, sorry, not that I'm not looking for victories because... Obviously, we need to win, and it's football, and things can happen. But predominantly, what I'm looking for is performances, and I'm looking for I'm looking for tweaks from Arteta. What will really upset me is if the horrible happens, and I see a front three of Aubameyang, Willian, and Saka, and I see Xhaka brought back into the team because he's, he's finished his team, finished. Yeah, anyway. He's due base. He's finished when's his he, 
he got uh, sent off at Southampton, didn't he? Yeah, so that you've got a two since then. <laughs> no, he's back at he's back on uh, the Brighton game. It's three games. Oh, okay, awesome. So, so yeah, we are with Jack, no Xhaka, which is a positive. Absolutely, yeah, I'm, positive from that. But I'm still expect I'm still expecting to see a midfield of El Neni and Sabios, which I I don't think works. I, like we've seen it plenty of times now, and it's one of those things where I'm like, if you're going to have anything to say about if if you're going to have anything to say about Arteta, it's that I think he's a, a fairly slow learner. Or at least he likes to make sure that he's given. If he believes that's the best midfield, he'll give it the best run that he can. In saying that, if we sit very, very deep and we play three at the back, Sabios Nelneni may be effective. I don't think they're going to be effective moving further up the pitch, but it's very doubtful that we're going to be super attacking against Chelsea. And if we do get something, I assume it's going to be a bit of a smash and grab. Can I just ask, Max, um, who would you play in midfield then? Because I don't think we've got that many options, have we? Uh, if I was trying to be exciting and forward-thinking, I'd probably pair Ainsley Maitland-Niles in a midfield three with Elneny deep and Sabios off the right and Ainsley Maitland-Niles off the left. I mean, it's essentially what happens when you play him out of left wing back anyway because he moves into that, that midfield role. So maybe that's going to be an option for us. I thought you were to be right back. No, well, I mean, I'll, I'll take Ainsley Maitland-Niles wherever I can because this team is so devoid of strength and running and ball progression. And I think in in whether he plays in a wing-back position or whether he plays in a midfield position, the thing that we've seen this year is that part of that is to be movable and come into midfield and make up a midfield three, and that pushes whoever further up the pitch, whether it's going to be Willian or whether it's going to be Saka or whoever it might be. Um, like I said, guys, I'm just looking for effort. At this point, that's all I care about. I said after the Everton game that I thought that there were 11 players on that pitch who could walk off the pitch and not have had the victory but walk off and we could say there was 11 players who definitely killed themselves for the cause. It didn't come off for them, but I thought they worked their nuts off. I thought they created a little bit more. I don't think it's been like other games where I've been like, I think that you all didn't run hard enough. So for me, that means that I don't think Arteta has lost the dressing room. He might have lost them in the sense that they are so devoid of confidence that they're unable to get up and he might be struggling to get them up. But I definitely don't think that it's looked like in the last few games, 11 players who are like, fuck you, we want you out of here. I think there's still enough there that we're going to get in and give it a go. And that's all I hope for this season. I hope, look, if we finish 14th, 13th, whatever, it doesn't matter. Uh, yeah, I've just been corrected by Guna Glasgow there. Jacker is eligible to play. He went off against Burnley. So that's my fault. I thought it was Southampton, but that was Gabriel. He'll be starting then. So, <laughs> He'll be starting. We'll yeah. all go mental. The, well, this is it, you see. You, you've got to look at the team that we're going to be playing as well against Chelsea. And, you know, their front line at the minute is really quite a worrying front line to compare to what we normally play. You know, they've got Werner, Abraham, Pulisic. You know, it's that's going to be quite a hard thing to do. So, what sort of back line would you play? Would you play the five at the back and have AMN on that right wing back rather yeah, than having? Yeah, Bellerin? I would. It's been our most it's been our most successful defensive partnerships. Probably has been holding, holding Gabriel Tierney or Louise holding. I I really liked Louise coming back into the team last mm. week. I thought that his ball progression made us better, despite him maybe not being as good a defender. I've actually thought Gabriel has been walking a really tight line for a couple of weeks. I've said it a few times that 
in our chats, I've been like, this boy's going to pick up red cards. He's very, very touch tight. I wasn't surprised to see him finally get done. He was really lucky against Man U. He should have been off against Man U as well. Um, so I don't know. And it might be even time just to pull Gabriel, just to pull Gabriel out just for a moment. You know, he's still a young man. Like maybe pull him out and play a, a holding Louise Tierney back three. Like I said, I don't know, guys. I'm clutching at straws. Everything that we've attempted to do has ended in the same result at this point. Yeah. Corey, what would you would you would you go to a back back to a back four? Or would you stick with the five at the back against someone like Chelsea, you know, because they have got some uh, quite attacking players. Um, do you know what? Stick, do a back five. Mm. Um, do you know what? <clears throat> I have, with this match, I am actually not as um, pessimistic as I was, for, you know, for the last couple. I think it's only because the last time we played Chelsea, we beat them, which is obviously the FA Cup final. Mm. Um, and it was mostly, you know, the players that we have available then are the players that we have available now. Now, obviously, it was that's a different competition. It was a different time. But just because that's the, the last time we played them, we did beat them. They, we, I, I remember how much we frustrated them. They, they, you know, if you look at the foul ratio, um, we only committed a couple of fouls. They, they were in double figures. Um, they got a man sent off. You know, they were getting pissed off. You know, we were, they had most of the possession, but we, we, what we did with our possession was um, we were, we looked quite dangerous on the attack. Aubameyang got a couple of goals. So, you know, you feel like let's try and approach it the same way this time around and just and hope that we can sort of find some of that form that we had then and um, and possibly we could do something. So, yeah, I um, and Maitland-Niles did play in that game, but I think he played on the left. Um, yeah, he did, yeah. Yeah. So play him, play him again somewhere. Definitely. Well, um, this is the thing about Maitland-Niles, you see. He does a job against big names. When he's playing in yeah. that right wing-back position, he's always done a job. You see, he did a job against um, uh, oh, Richarlison at Chelsea. He's always done it. He did a job against Sterling. When he, uh, sorry, Mares last time we played City. Mm-hmm. But he always does a job against these big names. And yeah, he's got... He's worried got, me about he's, having Bellerin back in the team because obviously he's back as well. But it's but for that reason, that's why I, I, you know, I feel like I wouldn't mind seeing him in the middle against decent opposition as well because he does have presence. He does. He is strong. He does. He does have mobility. Um, not. He's not Santi Carzola, but he can put himself about. I think you, if you are, you can say to um, Maitland now is like you know what, just in that middle, just go and just fuck shit up. Fuck shit up, yeah. Cause chaos. Yeah, cause chaos. Yeah. You see, if they got the ball, fucking run straight into them. You know, <laughs> put your foot down their throat. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like that. You know, be a Don't let them get past you. And when you've got the ball, because he does make, you know, he does make runs into the box. He does. He does play with sort of no fear in the in the, you know when attacking. That's why we, you know, he won that penalty um, against Everton. Just you know, just launched himself into the box. You know, he got fouled. A lot of our players are scared to do things like that right about now. So he doesn't seem he's not he doesn't play with fear. He just sort of goes out there. Like Darren says, he does switch off sometimes, but that's you know, men think about sex every 10 seconds. Do you know what I mean? Sometimes that's gonna happen on a football pitch. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, for the for for a lot of it, 
you know, he puts himself about and I, you know, I would like to see him in a position where he would actually um, see more of the ball and be up against players who see more of the ball. Darren, have you got any words on this one? Sorry, I was thinking about sex. <laughs> <laughs> when you get to my age, it's more remembering about sex. But, uh, <laughs> sure, I'm sure it was fine and I'm sure I was good. Uh, <laughs> uh, I think Max is talking some rubbish in amongst a couple of smart points. You know, how can you leave Gabriel out of a side like this when he's he's probably our strongest defender? Um, putting Louise in against Chelsea is a, is a recipe for another disaster. Uh, I also think that Maitland-Niles should play on the right. I think uh, let's give him a run. I think him and Pepe have a little bit going for them. I'd like to see that on the right-hand side with, uh, you know, Tini and Saka on the left, there's some things that work there. Uh, Max, you also said you'd rather have Lacazette ahead of Aubameyang, and I'm with you on that call, but I'd rather have Martinelli instead of Lacazette and Aubameyang. You know, mm. let's 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 have a go. Let's put a bit of energy into this. You know, we're not going into this game with, uh, with much confidence, are we? It's been pretty poor, but we are at home. You know, we haven't got any fans there booing, so, you know, there's another positive. <laughs> it's... Uh, it's it, it, it's a frightening prospect. I think the run after this, after the Chelsea game, is a run of games that we can win. Uh, it would be. We just need a break, don't we? Just need a break. You know, I mean, we've. I said last year that Arteta was a lucky manager. You know, we we played Manchester City and Chelsea in, in the FA Cup, and we managed to, you know, not we didn't dominate those games. We didn't kick their, their asses, but we managed to do enough to win. And I and I felt he was a lucky manager. I think he used up so much of his luck last year and nothing is going right this year. We would just need to score the first goal. And if we score the first goal, we might just see how his team wants to play. But at the moment, if Chelsea score first, I fear the worst. Yeah, and uh, Max put this up a minute ago and I was going to put it on myself, but I was just about to say, whose fucking show is this, Max? <laughs> Seriously. Anyway, Brian asked a question. If we played the same way we played them last time, why would it not work this time? I've Anyone want to come in on this that. one? Yeah, I've got the answer to that. Because last time we had at least one piece of the puzzle that was firing, which was Aubameyang. And that's that. honestly, it's purely the difference. You had one guy who was dragging us through and making sure that we were a goal threat. That guy, for whatever reason, isn't a goal threat at the moment, isn't working as hard as what he worked last year. He isn't making the, the unselfish runs, the runs across the face, the linking runs, the disruptive runs. Uh, that's why it probably won't work this time because playing in those very, very passive setups, if you look, for example, uh, you know, Tottenham aren't playing any different to what essentially Arteta was doing last year. Very, very similar, playing very, very passive, breaking, and they've got Honmin Sun and Harry Kane who are both, you know, their strike rate, their conversion rates are, are, are massive, right? They, they basically, they don't get a huge amount of chances per game, but they convert when they get them. Um, simple answer is that's why this passive si this passive system has fallen away somewhat, and why the, the the pressure to play more constructive football, more expansive football, when you clearly don't have the midfielders to play that expansive football, that's why that pressure was built, and why Arteta had to make that change. Um, I would have thought that Martinelli coming back into this team might ease some of that pressure based on his previous goal scoring record, but again, you've got a guy coming back from a major injury. Um, and we don't know what his overall fitness level is. And we definitely, people are like, oh, well, why did he play in this game and, and not play in the other? I would just I would just argue that maybe you can't have your cake and eat it too. You know, talking about bringing back Thomas Party too early and then 
throwing Martinelli into like a, a, a top important game. Um, I don't know. That's why. That's the answer to the question. Because when you don't have the attacking assets firing, I don't think you can play that same passive style of football. No, that's the issue. And I think we've we've been suffering from that with Aubameyang not firing. You know, and I think his, his, his whole demeanour about him at the minute after the Southampton game, it sort of did it for me. And we did point this out, didn't we, Corey, about him just being so droned out. Mm. You know, and it that's, was just... And that's even though he that, scored a goal, he was just so, like, looking at the floor, couldn't be bored. You know, didn't want to look at the camera. It we, was awful, like yeah. awful after he scored that goal. Awful. As soon as we went down to... He scored his goal, grew a pair, pair of bollocks. We went down to 10 men. Oh, captain, my captain, just looked at the floor and kicked stones. Fuck Aubameyang. He's a pussy. <laughs> I mean, they're all pussies, really, because, yeah. it's, it's, it's because you know, when Darren was talking about, you know, getting behind the team and supporting them and stuff, that I'm, I'm obviously with that, but it's like, I'm, I'm a man and I've got to support these other men to try and get them to, like, be able to kick a ball properly. It's like, Man the fuck up. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? You're all men out there going up against other men. You know, you're well paid. You're in a, in a great position in your life. I, you shouldn't need, you know what I mean, anybody else to give you any kind of motivation or lift you up or put a little bit of fire in your belly. You should just have that. You know, that's how you got to this point in your career in the first place, you know, but through determination and, and, and you know, that will to, to, to succeed and get somewhere. So Darren don't let said, it diminish now. Darren said this weeks and weeks ago, I, I reckon it would have been five weeks ago, where he said, yeah. on the thir- he said on the Thursday show, all he cares about is that the people on the pitch are giving 100%. That's it. Right? Yeah. Just go out and give 100%. If it doesn't come off you, it doesn't come off you. But walk off the pitch knowing that you gave 100%. And this is why... Uh, Darren, it's it's your point that I'm saying for you, but this is why you were so upset with Aubameyang hugging and and holding fucking yeah. I got, I just, my, issue with, my issue isn't with Aubameyang the player. Yeah, my uh, my issue really isn't with him as a player. He's going for a terrible run of form, and you know, fuck me, hope that changes soon. But appointing him club captain, um, where Max is talking about, it was after the Manchester City away game. Yeah, after the Manchester City away game. We just got beat 1-0 and the camera goes into Aubameyang just after the final whistle and he's laughing and joking with the Manchester City players. You know, I come from an era where Tony Adams was the captain and Tony Adams wouldn't have smiled for for a week until he got a chance to avenge that defeat. And he instilled that in the players and the players knew that. And there was a fear about losing. You didn't lose, you were Arsenal. And if you just get beat by Manchester City, I want to see the players visibly upset whoever we're getting beaten by. And I just think having Aubameyang as captain is a mistake. I don't hate him as a player. I don't hate him as a man. I just think it's a ridiculous choice to have a man of that sort of character as the leader on the pitch. But you we can, are really sorry. short options, you know, of, uh, in that, 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 that's recruitment. We are really short in that department. We've got nobody there who drags that team up by the scruff of the neck and takes them forward. I know they're few and far between these days, but we really don't have one. And he is one of the weakest men on that pitch and he shouldn't be captain. Yeah, I mean when I think it it told it said a lot when Holding was made captain um the other day. You're like Holding, you know, I'm sure. thinking that Holding's just in there to sort of, you know, hold that spot down until, you know, Louise's fit or, you know, we can replace him. Then I, I like that, Holding and I I yeah. like Holding. I think he's one of the most underrated players yeah. at Arsenal this season. Statistically, do you know that he has more clearances than Gabriel? a better passing percentage than Gabriel, 
more tackles than Gabriel and more final third entry balls than Gabriel. But he gets turned and spun. Anyone's going to get turned and fucking spun when they're isolated. You keep isolating someone in a system, they're going to get turned and spun. The point is, though, what do you think holding gets into like any of the top six um teams? I think that holding in the right system surrounded by the right players is a do you defender. think do you think do you think he gets into any of the tops? Do you think any of those teams are in looking at holding like oh we want to buy him? Uh, do you know what? Yes. Really? Yes, I really, really do. I think because holding only costs two million and Gabriel costs thirty or forty or twenty-five or thirty, do you know that we've just written holding off? Holding was bought to this club for all the right reasons. He's a he's a tough Premier League English player. And if you watch his performances and just forget, he's just don't think he's just filling in because we've got nine centre halves. He, to me, has been our standout defender this year. All Same. the plaudits go to Gabriel because he's a new sign. He's great. I think Gabriel, the jury's still out for me. Hope he's going to be a really good player. He looks very strong in the tackle, but he looks very square. He looks a bit Kalasniak in his in his passing. He looks a little bit um, square, a little bit solid, a little bit chunky to be a, a skillful centre half. You watch Holding, Holding gets involved, he puts his foot in, he puts his head in. Um, he's still learning his trade, he is still young and and I think he has been our standout defender, apart from Tierney, of course, Tierney's off the charts. But and I liked, him as, I liked him as captain, Darren. We've, yeah, we've yeah, did absolutely. a podcast really together where both of us think he was possible. I think There's that's... only two players, I, I, sorry, Corey, let me finish. There's only two sorry. players in that team that I think uh, deserve the captain's armband who I would support as captain, Rob Holding and uh, Kieran Tierney. I think they're the yeah. only two that have the guts, the guts to actually go and fight for Arsenal. Okay, so what the point I was going to make was um, that it, it saddens me to hear you guys say that, yeah, because when I, you know, we've all been Arsenal supporters for a long time and we have had great captains, you know, when we talk about Tony Adams and Vieira, right? Great players, great players and great captains. Now you're talking about an average Premier League defender. Forget that he's been our outstanding defender in this team this year because we've been absolute shit this year so him being a stand-up player in this team doesn't mean nothing yeah he was he, he's been since we bought him he's been in and out he's been injured whatever the fact the, the fact that he's actually one of the leaders in the, at this club right shows you that's how far we've fallen considering that we've had some of the greatest captains in world football Previously. Yeah, okay. Two things I want to bring up in there. You say defensively. Sorry, Scunny, if you don't mind me just jumping in. Um, defensively, it's one of the few things that's been quite good this year. I mean, look, we're 15th in the table. I ain't singing our praises. I'm not saying we're great. But defensively, our record has been fairly good. We've been losing by the odd goal in most of the games we played this year. You know, I mean, we're not scoring goals. If we were our usual scoring three, four a game, like we have been for the last three, four years, even when we've been rubbish, we're always averaging two and a half goals a game. We wouldn't be in this position. The, the problem is we're not creating chances and scoring goals. Defensively, we haven't been that bad. And holding, but, I think you've been a bit... standards. I think being a bit distressful because Holding has had a cruciate ligament injury. Bellerin looks like his career is finished after his and a lot of players don't come back. Holding's had the same injury and has just come back and he's gone straight back in the team and he was in the team before he went out. So don't think of him as a bit part player. He was first choice. He's been out for a year. He is first choice again almost. So I, I think that's a credit to him and his character. And I also just want to see my second point, Tony Adams, um, I watched him make his debut. He's my age, Tony Adams. I watched him make his debut. I watched every game he played pretty much home and away, all over the world. He was pretty rubbish for the first three or four years as a defender. 
He was a captain from the first day he went on the pitch. But he was he was never your great player. You know, I mean, remember everyone calls him Donkey Adams. You know, everywhere he went, the character that guy had. But because he had a mistake in him, he was a David Louise. He was Bambi on ice. He was a tall, lanky, skinny 17-year-old who came into the top level and had the fight and determination to make his place. Playing alongside David O'Leary, David O'Leary our record appearance holder, really experienced player, really young player, and the really young player used to grab hold of that team and make them fight and win. But he himself as a player wasn't that good for four or five years. He had to learn his trade. So don't write off Rob Holding. He's still young. He's just come yeah. back from a year out, and I think he's got a great future at this club and could be I'll judge him. Player. I'll judge him at the end of a full season of fitness. Yeah. I'll judge him next year after a full season of fitness and, and playing 35 games in the at the top level. And can I just say quickly before you go, Corey, I think Arsenal fans need to stop trying to have their cake and eat it too. The amount of guys who are sitting there saying, I would rather go into the Premier League and go get Premier League ready players. The guys who are saying, I'd rather go into the championship and get championship players. The guys who are saying, I want to sign Lewis Dunk. All of the Arsenal fans saying this sort of stuff. Rob Holding is that type of player, right? We have a status issue at Arsenal. And as soon as someone doesn't meet our level of status, we fucking shit all over them because he's not from a big club, because he didn't come in for big money. Statistically, he is the best defender in the club right now, and everyone is still lauding Gabriel. And I think that Gabriel and Holding have built a fantastic relationship together where you've got one who goes and one who stays. Now, you go and build a proper team, and you go and put a right back next to Rob Holding that's going to protect him from getting turned, and you've got a world-class defender. Anyone can look world-class in a system that suits them, and anyone can look terrible in a system that doesn't suit them. I think that we need to be getting more Rob Holdings, more young English men who don't come with a silver fucking spoon in their mouth where they've been lauded as the best player in the world since they were 16, who are going to come in, love the shirt, fight for the club, and do what we need them to do. Back, I agree with you. Fuck. Fuck. Well, listen. Fuck, I'm drunk. Listen, what my point was, yeah, I'm not, I'm not saying Holdings not going to become a good player or whatever. I'm talking about Arsenal in 2020, yeah, 15th in the league, right, only getting beat by the odd goal, apart from this, you play for playing Aston Villa and it's three goals, yeah? And a defender like Holden, who for me, considering what we've had in the past, yeah, is a major step down, right? And then actually being made captain, it has, for me, it's not good enough for this club because if Holden goes to... Tottenham, if he goes to whatever, he's not, they're not making him captain. It's just goes to what well, my point was that is Corey. If I we're looking at, if we're, hold on, wait, 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 wait. No, if we're, if we're, if we're, if we're looking, wait, wait, hold on, wait, Darren, wait, I'll let you talk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if we're looking at, the, the, if we're looking at the personalities in the dressing room, yeah, and holding, yeah, is like one of the, the guys that was actually, is supposed, is supposed to pick everybody else up and, you know, and make them winners, yeah, then I think that's a sad state of affairs. I'm not trying to say he's not a, a decent defender, you know, for a mid-table club, which we, we were bottom now. Um, I'm not trying to say he's not going to become a good defender. I'm not trying to say he's shit. I'm just saying for, for Arsenal to, to it, him to be bay captain really sort of makes reminds me of how far we've fallen. 
It shows how many uh, our little captains, how many, how few captains we have in this side. I agree with that. But yeah. why, because you earn more money, does that make you a good captain? Should Urzal been captain because he's the superstar? No, you need people who are down to earth and who are real people. But I just wanted to pull, I just wanted to ask you a question. When you say all the great centre arse we've had at the club, tell me the last great one we had. It's been a while. I can't remember, honestly. Yeah. When was the last great defender we had? It's been Sorry. a while, but, but, it's, it's gone from it's if gone from if someone, if someone mentioned Sol Campbell, I'm leaving now. Did you <laughs> Darren, 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 Darren doesn't like Sol Campbell. It's gone, Why? it's gone from sorry. Look, I've got to just pull up on Sol Campbell. I am sick of Arsenal fans who think Sol Campbell was this fucking great legend. As a man, as a man, he left Tottenham Hotspur, the club that brought him up as a kid. He waited until his contract ran out, um, so he could leave on a free. He went uh, public couple of days before he joined us to say that he was going to re-sign at Tottenham. How can a man who could go to any football club in the world because he was sought after by anyone go to the rivals of the club that's brought you up as a boy? As that a club man, was great. The club that he joined was great. And he recognised greatness. Don't get me wrong, Rory. Don't get me wrong. He won trophies. Yeah. He, he don't get me wrong. Look, for him, for him, it was good. He was an invincible fun yeah, yeah? He's, I mean, it was really funny yeah. but don't bring him up as our great player because as a man he's shit and why he, he, you can see why he fouls in management again and again and again because all he keeps saying is i don't get opportunities because i'm black he doesn't get opportunities because he's not very good he's not a likable man he's not a likable character and why would you follow a man like that if he did something like that to his boyhood club and to those supporters at Tottenham, that Hot. club was Tottenham. That's why. <laughs> sometimes, you don't need to, sometimes you don't need oh to be objective. Mike, sometimes you just got to laugh. Sometimes take you just got to laugh and be like, he shat all over Tottenham to join Arsenal and then went on to enjoy a huge success, right? I've I, I got to laugh about it. He's not trying to be your mate, Darren. Yeah. Soul Campbell's not calling your phone, like, let's hang out. So you don't need to like him as a man. Yeah. As a defender, yeah. He was really, really good, yeah, and he was great for us, and he and he contributed to our, our best era, yeah. So you know, what I mean, I don't want to um, be mates. I don't want to be mates with him either. But who gives right, a shit? I'm, I'm going to stop this conversation now. Sorry, Corey, I'm going to stop you halfway through this because I've got to take some control, like Max says. Sol Campbell, I don't give a shit what you say, Darren. I'm sorry. Like Corey says, he's not your mate. <laughs> he's not calling <laughs> you on the phone, is he? If he is. And fair play to you, mate. You've got a good friend there. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it's uh, someone put on here. Um, I stopped making his call you for a long time. Your clock end talk, are you? Or your clock end somewhere else? Uh, no, no, yeah, we clock. do the Thursday show. Yeah. I'll happily give Kashelny a shout. Is this you Put uh, posting no, this no, shit? No, no, no. That'll be, that'll be Tezza. That'll right, be Tezza. Well, tell yeah, him to yeah, get well. out of the chat. <laughs> Give him a tech. Kashelny, get out of here. Get out of the chat. Kashelny was for a, Kishelny for a time was good. I'm not great. We, if you talk yeah. about we talk about great center halves, we've gone from great to good. Like you know, Kashelny, Per Mertesacker was decent or whatever. Yeah. But the levels per have been Mertesacker, milk turned quicker than Per Mertesacker. Yeah, but he he was positionally he was all right. Yeah, very but similar saying, to Rob. Very similar to Rob Holden, Corey. Just saying, very similar oh, to. Fender I said, Rob. I said, no, I, I, very, I said, very similar personality. I said decent. I didn't say good. I said decent. <laughs> yeah, with Per Mertesacker. I said Holden is decent as well, right? So he didn't get me there, right? So gotcha. it's so it's been steadily like declining, declining, and then when we when we bought David Louise. I mean, from Chelsea, like, you know, over the hill, Chelsea rejects. 
And um, even when we did bag Rob Holding, it's, it's probably like quite a while ago now, but um, bought it from a you know, championship side or whatever. We're not really been spending money on defenders. And I know it's not about how much you spend and whatnot, but it's not an area that Arsenal have really looked to invest in. So it has been going from just getting progressively worse with, with each well, we new have, um, We have purchase. just dumped nearly 56 million on two of them. That's Gabriel, recent. Uh, Gabriel Let's go defend. We haven't even started. We haven't even finished this fucking team yet about what's going on with Chelsea. We're just <laughs> ranting about fucking defenders here. I get where you're coming from, Max Darren. I also I get where Corey's coming from. I'm a bit on the fence holding myself, so I get where both people's from. I'm a bit, you know, in between there, so I get it. I'm leaving it there. Anyway, we want to talk about the midfield because we know what the midfield's going to be up front. Are we, what are we expecting up front for us? Or should we just fucking bin it off and think, fuck it, it's going to be a lot. Let's go. I would you know, I would it's say, it's, it's I getting would on say. a bit now. It's like fucking 10 o'clock and all we've done to do is fucking go on about our defenders. What the fuck's going on? Yeah. I would say, William. Am I going to get a shout back on this podcast? Are you? Yeah, definitely. Definitely, Darren. <laughs> no, well, yeah. I would say that if Aubameyang I'm call it, Can I call him an old club now, Max, quick? Yeah, yeah. I've got the banner. <laughs> <laughs> He's happy, look now. <laughs> <laughs> that was Max Darren, not me, mate. Uh, yeah. <laughs> front three, Mike. I think we're going to be disappointed again. I think we're going to see uh, most likely a front three, or I'll call it a front four because we've essentially been playing with two strikers lately anyway, sort of one in behind the other, interchanging. I think that you'll probably see Eddie Niketia. I don't think the Lacazette will play considering he played in the last game. So I think you'll kind of see in, in some way or another. I think that you'll see a front four of Pepe, Willian, Lacazette, Nobamiang, most likely. Is Nobamiang fit? I think he is, yeah. It was just a minor uh, car. No news as of yet, but we are quite early in. Well, Manny, has, his, Manny has this theory. Manny has this theory that he's got some kind of exit clause in his contract. Some kind of like can be sold for 10 million or, or something like that in his contract. And he's had it, but. That's not based on anything that anyone's heard. That's just Manny's theory as to as to what's going on. But I'm assuming that Aubameyang is going to be fit, and I'm assuming that you're going to see Willian as a structural piece, which we know we've seen lots and lots already. Uh, I think you'll see Aubameyang. I think you'll see Niketia instead of Lacazette, and I think most likely you'll see Pepe on the other side. Saka will be on the left of that back five. I think Ainsley, Maitland, Niles should get a run on the right of that back five, uh, and then Tierney... Gabrielle holding through the middle. Yeah, uh, Kai just put a thing on. Obviously, he was talking about there, and we were saying uh, saying about the throw forwards and stuff. He's put. What about Martinelli, Saka, and Pepe? You said about Pepe, Saka. If we are playing the back five, yeah, he's going to be that left wing back. Yeah, uh, and Martinelli will be forward. on the bench. And yeah, I agree with Martinelli being on the bench. Uh, Corey. Um. Yeah, I think it's probably just be what we're sort of used to seeing. I think Lacazette will start, though. I know he played in a week, but um, I, I was agreeing with um, Darren when he was said, you know, he was really, I in that Man City match, I, you know, I think he was really trying. And I saw him even on the ball, I thought he there was improvement there. Um, he obviously got a goal. So, you know, you get, a goal, you get a goal against Man City, you might be feeling good, even if the result weren't great. You might be feeling a bit better about yourself or whatever. Let's see if that carries on over into the next match you know we at this stage with Arteta he's got a grasp onto the the you know the shortest straws and it's like if a, if a guy scores then play him in the next match and see what happens instead of like trying to be too oh let's rest him or whatever it's like no let's see if we can get some momentum going 
Um, so if he if he's fit, which I met supposed to be, then I think you start Lacazette. I think you start Pepe, and I would I would love to start Martinelli as well. Um, just put him on the left as well because I really want to see that Martinelli Saka link up on the on the left the left side again because mm. that was you know in the in Europa League before. That was a really excite, exciting um, partnership down that line. We would, we would all like to see two key changes in that team. I mean, for most of us, we'd like, we'd definitely like to see Martinelli in that team. And for a lot of us, we'd, we'd like to see Emil Smith Rowe given a run in that 10, maybe instead of playing two up front with bringing in an Aketi or bringing in a Lacazette, one of those guys. I, I think it's more about what we are going to see. and. Yeah, you know, there's, that's what there's the, there's the same, mate. When someone's shown themselves to you, don't expect them to be someone else. And I, I think we've seen, you know, what Arteta's intention is, and Arteta's intention is to to back this first eleven. You yeah, know, but, I, but I have a history of saying things on this podcast, and then Arteta doing it on the weekend. So I've got to say it. Yeah, <laughs> so I'll say that Arteta. Yeah, you know. But yeah, if, if we're talking about what we're probably going to see, then we might see. Yeah, I think if Obama is not fit, Lacazette, Pepe, and William front three, and then I think Maitland Niles will keep his place in the team somewhere, probably right back. Um, mm. Yeah, Saka left wing back. Um, if the rumours about Bellerin are true, and he's three quarters of the way to signing a contract with Barcelona, um, then that you know was, um, what do you call it? One at Mustafi. No, no, but uh, Hector, 20, 22 million, they were saying. And, and obviously, Mustafi rumor came up today as well. But uh, you know, anything, anything's possible. I mean, Barcelona, Barcelona pissed money away more than us. Yeah, so yeah. I could definitely imagine that they would sign Bellerin. That, that doesn't even shock me, you know. Well, well in all so, fairness, Barcelona really had a, have got a history of buying really shit defenders, I want to really, let's face it. You know, they've only, they've only had one decent defender in their life from, from what I know of. Uh, no, two. Too. Is it um, PK and what was the other one who used to play there? One and who PK, like, and P, PK came through the academy, then left, yeah. then came back. So he don't even really count. No, so he, so he, he, still, count. he still came from La Masia. Um, yeah. I think Puyo was there. I can't Puyo, remember. that was the one. That's the one I was yeah. thinking of. So yeah, so yeah, he was the academy. So there you go. They only have really some come from the academy, and uh, the yeah. rest of them they buy in, and they're absolutely terrible. Yeah. So, so yeah, there you go. better have him. Like yeah, yours. take him, take him. Bro, Mustafi, I'll drive him there. Quite happily, I know. I know we're probably going to be in tier four at that point, but I'll happily drive him there. I'll piggy. I'll piggy bank him there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Daz, are you expecting anything? Anything different from you, Darren? Or are you expecting much of the muchness? Uh, it's, it's hope on anything. I, I, I've tried to support our manager through this terrible run because I, I see it as a project, and he has to after have to have a couple of transfer winners to build his own side. But my one of my disappointments with him, and I had quite a few, is that he seems to be, as you said, Max, just sticking with this um, experienced eleven, buying in Willian, um, continuing with the Bamiang. Ten games without scoring a goal, we should have been on the bench, you know, five games ago. Go and play in the Europa League, get his form back. Um, so there's there's just some things that I'm a bit disappointed. So I think we're going to be a bit disappointed because I think it will be Willian. I think it will be. Um, you know, Aubameyang. I, I don't think there'll be the Emil Smith Rose. I don't think there'll be the Martinelli's. But I hope there is. I've said many times that, as an Arsenal fan, I've enjoyed watching the Europa League games, and I know the the uh, the impotence have been different. But if we'd have been in fifteenth place playing these kids, at least we'd be saying, "Well, these are the kids for the future, and we can add to this, add some quality to this, and it might be fun to watch." Because it's Arsenal. These have all come through the academy. 
Um, at the moment, we've just got a lot of overpaid sport players who don't seem to be caring too much about anything. Yeah, I yeah. said quite. I said something quite similar, Darren, about the uh, Europa League and the Premier League teams. You know, why not switch it about a bit? You know, you got to add some of these players in at some point. And even if you do add people like Smith Rowe and Balogun, give them a bit of time in the game. You know, you don't have to add them straight away. We're not expecting them to start. Stick them on for half an hour at least. You know, give yeah, them the game, opportunity game, to go for game it. Game situation, though, Mike. I said this on the on the podcast with Toby. If you keep going a goal down and you keep chasing a game and you keep getting on the back foot. You're going to struggle to bring these guys on. You you want to be bringing them on. You either want to be bringing them on when you're getting fucking butt fucked and you're two or three goals down, which we haven't been. We've been in most games, in and around most games. You know, like Darren said, we haven't been getting bummed except for what was it, the Villa game where we got absolutely bummed on the score sheet. We've been in and around it, and I think it's really hard when you're one goal down to say, okay, I'm going to throw on a Balogun or I'm going to throw on an ESR. You either want to be bringing them on when you're two goals up and you're cruising or you want to be bringing them on when you're three goals down and it's Bollocks. like, go and, go and express yourselves. Nah, uh, no, I don't agree with that. Because at the end of the day, you've got to look at it. Look at the history of Arsenal and stuff like that, especially youngsters and everything else, you know. Uh, for instance, like we've had we've had the youngsters, you know, Thierry Henry when he joined us. He didn't have a great first year, but he was only young. I think he was 20 when he joined us. Yeah, Patrick, Patrick Vieira was 16. He was thrown straight in at the deep end. And I think he was made captain not long after that. Nicholas Anelka. Nicholas Anelka was 18. Yeah. He got thrown on with Ian Wright. Yeah, I just you, look, I know I know what you're saying in terms I'm not, of that. I'm not if, 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 it, if you're losing and it's not a great, you know, you don't want to kind of put the youngsters in that situation. But all you got to do if you're a tennis, say, look, guys, no pressure. You know yeah. what? No pressure. I'm not expecting you to go in and win the match. Yeah, just go and express yourself. You know. You know do, and, don't you don't you think it would have been nice to see Balogun start last night? Because we don't know what we've got there as a player. You know, we've seen ten minutes here, ten minutes there against really mediocre opposition. You know, I think as a club, they didn't really care about getting knocked out last night. Otherwise, he would have played a, a proper full mm. team last night. So, if you're going to take that attitude, and I know it's Manchester City. But in defence, he's gone fairly strong. Why not put Malik Balogun up front? We've seen what Enketia can do. We know what Lacazette can do. We know what Aubameyang can do. Put Martinelli on the left and put um, um, Balogun up the middle last night. You know, you, what, what would it have hurt? You, I think I think Arteta, the pressure that I'm getting from him, he's a very sort of passive man. And even he's a, even when aggressive, I imagine that he's quite passive. Like... So when things like this happen and he's, he's, he, he's, he just goes for the sort of safer options, the more sort of like, okay, you know, well, he's a senior player, I'll play yeah. him, as opposed to just thinking, fuck it, let's just, you know what I mean? I don't think he has that in him. Even, even the way that I think he's handled some of the sort of the discipline, disciplinary, his disciplinary actions, instead of maybe giving the guy this, uh, a rollicking and letting him know who's bossed, he does other things like, you know, send them out on loan or, you know, just not, you know, not register them for the for the squad or whatnot, as opposed to actually just confronting them man to man and saying like, "You're gonna listen to me and you're gonna do what I tell you." You know, that's the impression I'm getting from him. So I, I don't yeah, think he's a bold man. He's not a risk. He's not a risk taker. He's not a bold man. He's not. You know, what I mean, that's that's who we. That's the manager that we've got. Our football has reflected that. Also, look, there could be something to be said on on Balogun. Look, he's hasn't signed his contract. There's a lot of talk that the Liverpool deal. Is done. Everyone thinks that he bleeds Arsenal. Yeah, Ted's right on. Everyone thinks that he bleeds Arsenal because we bleed Arsenal. But if you're looking at at your your future prospects of your career and you're looking at being in the Liverpool setup, or you're looking at struggling through having the weight of the world on your shoulders as an Arsenal player for the next three years, 
it's very possible that Balogun has decided already that if he's going to get interest from other clubs, it's his time to go. And I said this on the last podcast, everyone thinking first-team football is the thing that's going to make him sign his contract. If the Liverpool rumours are true, he's not fucking going there to play first-team football. He'll go there, they'll put him straight out on loan, which is the same thing Arsenal should be doing because that's what you do with young kids. You get them in, you sign them on good deals, you send them out on loan, you let them go and learn somewhere else while you bring in premium players, top players, to backfill it for a couple of years. So I'm, I'm really like, I, I find this whole Balogun conversation about start him, start him, start him. If we don't know what the crux of what's happening in the undertow is, there's probably a reason well, why he's not don't bring him off, don't bring off the Don't bring him off the bench then. If, that's, if, if, if you're going back what you're saying, don't play him at all then. I don't think I don't think any of us are actually turning around and saying that Balogun, the, you know, these young players are the answer. No one's saying that. But I think what I'm trying to say is, what harm could it do now? You know, what difference is it going to make? Just think it's you know, like like uh, like Corey was saying about running the motions with these senior players while doing it. What harm is it going to do throwing in a Smith Rowe? What harm is it going to do? He throws in Joe Willock in some of these games. You know, what oh, harm is it going to do with someone else? Yourself. I agree with yeah. the SR. I agree oh, no, with but I'm just saying sometimes... I just don't agree on the Balogun point. Oh, I yeah, think... I get you. But what I'm saying is it's like sometimes you think, like, okay, fair enough. What harm's it going to do? Throw him on, see what he's got. If he's got something decent, he shows something special in a Premier League game, you'll fight tooth and nail to get him to sign his next contract. I think rather than, going, rather than key... going on and on and on, letting it go down to the point where he's going to go, well, no, you aren't coming to me. I'm going. I don't know if you've all played football, but there's a real difference from starting a game to coming on for 20 minutes. You know, it's uh, starting a game of football as a footballer. You're into the game. You actually, you know, you can do nothing for an hour, but you're in that game. You come on for 10 minutes. It's just very, very difficult to get involved in that game of football. I just think last night was an opportunity. Uh, It was a no-lose situation, a game we weren't expected to win. So that we as supporters could have had a look at him. That's what what I'm coming from. I I thought it would just be nice to see what he was, what all the talk's about. Yeah, and like I said, it's if you know if if what Ryan was saying is true, all right, whatever. Just don't play him at all. Then, because twenty minutes, ten minutes, or ninety minutes. Do you know what I mean if you're going to play him, play him? Um, and even if he's not going to stay, you know, I reckon that he would. He still has motivation to to do something for the club because he might want to put a couple more zeros on the on the yeah. contract that he's sure. you know that he's going to sign next. So he puts himself in a shop window. He gets to showcase himself. So. Whatever his motivation, I still think let's just why like what Stunny said, why not? Just let's yeah. just do it. Let's just see. I just think you I think that if you're looking at saying Lacazette isn't the guy, then you've got to get Lacazette game time because Lacazette, you can still sell, he's a saleable asset and he's a top player. And I think that's why you play Lacazette. That's like, why Lacazette's, Lacazette's gonna get many more opportunities. He's gonna play loads he more. He goes and gets his goal, you know. And it, I tell you what, Lacazette fully firing. If you go back and even if you can get a hair towards Lacazette's 2018 form, if he can even just get half a fucking erection, half a chubby, and remember what it is to be erect, then he'll go and score us more goals than what Balogun will. So I like, I just, I, I actually agreed with the Lacazette selection. I think what you do with the 19 year old is you give him 20 minutes, half an hour off the bench. You play him in cups, you play him in Europa games, you give him a couple of starts on the bench in the Premier League, and if the situation allows, you drag him on. I don't think you save a, a big club in 15th by going and fucking giving it to a 19-year-old and saying, off you go, son, go save the club. No one's saying that, Max. No well, yeah, one, no, I, no, yeah, I, yeah, the entire not. Twitter is saying, everyone's saying, yeah, fuck the, the, yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah, the majority of Arsenal fans are going crazy at the minute, which we did mention at the start of the show. 
You know, he's like, put put the keyboards down, put the phone down, just calm it. What we're saying is give him that opportunity, give him that little bit of motivation, you know, that the club actually, you know, it, it works both ways, doesn't it? He, he probably, he might want to stay at the club, but he's getting offers elsewhere. The club might say, okay, we want you to stay, but we don't want you to play. It doesn't work like that. You've got to give him some motivation to want to sign a new contract. So it works both ways. Yeah, not much motivation. You know, it's not much motivation when you just put Aubameyang on a three-year contract. You know, uh, it, you know, as a player coming into that side, we've just offered our main striker another three years. That pushes him down the pecking order a bit, doesn't and it? And if he goes and signs for Liverpool, Darren, he'll get nowhere near the fucking first no, that's, team. That's anyway. fair enough. That's fair enough. And that, if that's he'll what be he straight wants, out fair, online. Fair play yeah. to him. You know, we've had people go out and do that before. We've had Van Persie. He went out. He won't do it. Won't happen in the Arsenal. He went to. He went to Man U. You know, we had uh, recently we had Martinez, who people keep fucking going on about every time a fucking Arsenal player, uh, Arsenal keeper plays. Someone mentions Martinez. You know, he's gone. Fuck it off. But that brings me to actually another good point here. Is um, there's a lot of talk on Twitter and everything else now, and I just want to get your your guys' opinion on this. And I think I'm going to ask this question, and I've got a question from Mike Hertz as well that I'm going to put to you guys before we go. And that's um, Unai Emery is winning games at Villarreal at the minute. Does that matter? Because to, to me, Emery, who gives a shit? He's gone. He's, he's at Villarreal. The thing is, with Emery, I, I don't think anyone thought he was a bad manager. You know I mean? His, his record is, is a good one. You know, he's won silverware um, consistently. He was at... Uh, European, European, on the trot. Yeah, PSG hired him because of what he'd done in Europe. They thought, can, can, does, does that translate to the Champions League? Um, he done the treble with them. Uh, it's not hard to do, but he's you know he still did it. He's still another you know medal, still another trophy on his CV. So I don't think any of us thought he was a bad manager. Um, it just didn't seem like it was really working um, at Arsenal with him. Um, and then obviously hindsight is twenty twenty. So now we see the players that he was actually working with and how worse they've actually become. We didn't think they can get any worse than what they were with him towards the end but they've actually sunk to new lows. So now we know. So, you know, I don't think anybody's opinion has changed. I'm not surprised that he's actually winning matches at Villarreal. Um, I think it's the point that Arsenal fans are now putting up saying we shouldn't have got rid of him. But it's like, it's these same fans that were probably saying Emery out. You know, and yeah, that's, that's the point the on this. It's the same now. fans. It's the same fans talking about Mardinez. It's the same fans still talking about Gnabry. And it's the same fans who will be talking about fucking Balogun in the future. It is ex-girlfriend syndrome, right? We always think of them better than what we thought of them, and that's why we fucking broke up with them. It's just remembering old fucking wanks. Do you want to come in on this one, Darren? Oh, I just wanted to mention there's a question coming from Daniel Potts. Is that Potts who comes on your show? Um yeah. He's just got a spelling mistake in there. He's got a letter miss. He's got a letter wrong. Yeah, it meant skinny cut. <laughs> <laughs> no, honestly, no. Emery, uh, I think Emery's communication problem was uh, his, his his biggest issue. Didn't speak the language. Um, didn't come across well. Supporters found it hard to uh, get close to him because of the, of the. We we couldn't really understand what he said. You know, I mean, it's it, I'm. I'm not saying that he should be able to speak English. I'm not saying that was right. But I just felt there was a very little connection with him. And I think the players laughed a bit at him. You know, I don't think... I think he lost the dressing room quite early. Yeah, yeah. I, just, I, I don't understand with this uh, language thing because it's it's working all right for Bielsa. 
and he doesn't speak a word of it. It's a, but it's a character, but it's, it's a character. Bielsa is a serious man. Well, I think, well, he, he's a serious man. He's like, even you know, it doesn't matter what language he's speaking to me. I, when you know, it's hard to work on. That's basically. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, he's like, he, do, he doesn't seem like someone that you fuck with, really. So yeah, I'm talking about with us. Well, we didn't buy into him because we couldn't understand the word he said. You know, he was, and, yeah, he was like, we were laughing at him. Do you know what I mean? Good evening. You know, we like. He became a bit of a laughing stock, and he was a caricature. Yeah. He was a caricature of himself. It, it yeah. was it was very strange, and the players were taking the piss out of him behind his back because of the way he spoke and getting his teeth fixed and stuff like that. Mike, we did a, a last year. We did a podcast called um, "What Was It Like?" Confessions, Arsenal Confessions. Ah, uh, yeah. And it was like everyone had to come in. It was like confessing to a priest, right? And they had to confess their deepest, deepest darkest Arsenal secret. And my deepest, darkest Arsenal secret was that I enjoyed the football. And this is last year. I said I enjoyed the football under under Emery more than I'm enjoying the football under Arteta. And hasn't that reigned true now? You know, a year on, and I'm yeah. still looking at it, and I'm looking at those sweeping moves from the back. I'm looking at those, you know, Bellerin, Ozil, Ramsey, Aubameyang, all one-touch passing, the byline moves, like all of this. And I'm looking at that. And I'm, at the time, I was looking at Arteta's football thinking, this is boring as fucking bad shit. Like, this is heavily, heavily structured, boring football. So anyway, Mike, to answer your question, do I care that Emery is winning football games somewhere else? No, he's not an Arsenal man. And once you're not an Arsenal man, I don't fucking care anymore. Can I just that say was, that was my point? Corey had an interesting with Bielsa, but have you noticed Bielsa doesn't come on and do interviews? He has an interpreter. Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I mean, I understand that Bielsa speaks very good English now, but he's he doesn't come on and do it because he doesn't want to make a fool of himself. Emery, from yeah. the first day, decided I'm going to go on and go. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It was embarrassing. I look. I listen to a lot of Arsenal stuff. I've been a fan for a long time. I I listened to the press conferences, and they were unlist. That's not the right word. You can't say unlistenable. You <laughs> to them. You just. They weren't. They. Were, it was just painful. So, um, yeah. Emery, he's gone. He's gone. Yeah, he's gone. Yeah, he's, wasn't, he wasn't the right. Point. He wasn't the right fit. But yeah. Yeah, and I think on that point, I think we're going to end it there. We're about an hour and twenty into it, and. Uh, We've all got our stuff to do. It's uh, Christmas Eve in your land, isn't it now, Max? It is, yeah. But I did all uh, my Christmas shopping. I did it all yesterday. Fucking terrible idea. I had to park in a disabled spot in two different places. But well, you, you can get, get away with it. Looking away, I, I'm mentally, I am mentally disabled as well. <laughs> <laughs> I just need to borrow your moon boot and limp away from it every time oh, I park mate. it. Someone yeah. gave me a funny look. I looked at him. I said, what the fuck are you looking at, cunt? And then just... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's definitely disabled. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair enough and uh on that level thanks guys for joining me thanks for everyone in the chat hope everyone has a great christmas and uh we'll see you in next week after christmas uh, i think i'm gonna do either wednesday or thursday again i'm not doing friday because that's new year's eve i'll be getting very merry merrily fucked up <laughs> fuck it. why not it's been a shit year might as well get fucked up <laughs> so yeah um we will be covering what games is it next? We'll be covering the Brighton and the West Brom game. Uh, Brighton games on Tuesday the 29th, so probably Wednesday or Thursday, yeah, definitely. And then West Brom's on Saturday. Uh, I'm, I ain't got no else to say. Has anyone else got anything to say? Yeah, Rob Holding, next Arsenal legend. No, <laughs> quick, oh, no wait, wait, quickly. Well, score, pre score, score, score predictions, quick. Oh, three yeah, one. score predictions. 3-1 to Chelsea. 
Four nil Arsenal. Uh, when the old boys go four nil Arsenal. Mm -hmm. Another <laughs> old boy I know, Trev, Trev Hill. Old man every Trev, time. Old, old man Trev. It's four nil every time. <laughs> yeah, you go you go to the stadium for uh, thirty years, and statistically, we win three nil and four nil at home more than any other score. So, as a betting man, quite regularly, I have a little bet on three nil and four nil. So it's just historical, and I'm positive, and I hate Chelsea, and we're going to win four nil. <laughs> In that was, and he was saying that was such intense. I know. Oh, yeah, sorry, I actually believe him. I chills. Um, <laughs> Yeah, 1-1. One, 1-1. One. One, one. Yeah, I don't think we're going to lose. Uh, I'm going with Max. I'm going for a 3-1 loss. <laughs> yeah, fact, you know. <laughs> I know. It all depends on the lineup, and obviously we can't guess the lineup. And if Bellerin plays, he's going to get absolutely spanked in the, on that left hand, on that right-hand side. So, Bound. yeah. <laughs> what did I say? I said he's got it. Werner or uh, Pulisic's going to turn him into a fucking ventriloquist yeah. doll because they're going to have yeah. their hands so far up his ass. They're going to bum him right in the shitter. <laughs> well, yeah, anyway, again, Merry Christmas, everyone. Merry Christmas to all in the chat. Thanks for joining us. See you later. See you, see you then. See you next week. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. <laughs>